Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 138, an unmuted version of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. I am Sean Hannon, joined as always by the charming and handsome Mr. Ben Husong. Mr. Husong, how was your weekend? Exhausting. Let's go on to topic number one, so we don't have to go through this. It's going to be exhausting for all of us, I feel like. Yeah, it's too much. Let's just move right past it. <laughs> um... Anything going on uh, Independence Day uh, week here for you? We got a little bit oh, yeah. of a holiday tomorrow, celebrated today sometimes. Uh, anything uh, worthwhile sharing with the folks about that? Ring a fire out at a Tisco Lake this afternoon. Should be a lot of fun. And then neighborhood barbecue on the 4th. Does that mean volcanoes in the South Pacific? Uh, it could, but not at a Tisco Lake. No. How about you? Any big plans? Uh, no. Uh, golf, I got. Uh, right. A golf you know, makeup match this week. So nice. I got no events this week. It's Fourth uh, of July is not typically a uh, let's go book a venue kind of a thing. So sure. everybody else goes out to the uh, ring of fire, apparently. Yeah. It's got to be outside. Got to watch some fireworks, you know? Yeah. No, it is the season of fireworks. I can only imagine how much fun fireworks are at this house. I didn't pull this up, but this may, maybe someday if I can find a reason to, to bring it back up. But did you happen to see somebody was retweeting um, Los, the, the city line of Los Angeles Two years ago, I think it was, where Gavin Newsom banned fireworks because, you know, COVID or whatever. Sure. And so it was like a, I don't know if it was a drone footage or like a rooftop video or a camera on a, you know, high rise building out in LA, but it was basically a panning across the skyline. And it was, you could not find a block without fireworks. Like it was <laughs> endless for as far back as the camera would allow you to see. And through the whole frame of the, the video, it was just fireworks like, all over and over. It, it was, it's just, even without the context of the banning of the fireworks, right. it was a cool video just to see that many fireworks. But in the context of a banned fireworks, it's awesome. even, it's great. Yeah, so, but anyway, so not trying to rehash COVID no. policies. No, again, no. Again. We may have hashed that out once or twice. A couple times. Um, before we get into some of our topics of today, uh, let me remind everybody to please like the video, share the video, subscribe to the channel. Leave us a five-star rate and review. If you are listening to this in the podcast form, uh, welcome all the live viewers there on Rumble. As always, uh, we do the live show here every uh, noon o'clock here on Mondays, uh, East Coast time. Yep. Weather permitting? Yep. I don't know if that really means anything. Or or whatever. If there's an earthquake, I'm not coming over. I don't know if that counts as weather. Um, eh, it, do, it's, uh, it does today. Did you know that earthquakes are basically, uh, you know, electric? I did, but that's only because I know you. <laughs> All right. I don't know what to tell you about that, but... Um, Another day. Yeah. So I, I'm trying out some new graphics on the show today, Mr. Husong. so hopefully the folks at home will bear with us and appreciate them if they work out well. You know what I mean? Like, that's the hope. I got faith I'm in you. I'm all doing it for the people. I got faith in you. The people listening at the podcast, this has nothing to do with you. You, you... I'm guessing they hear the mistakes along the way. But they're unaffected by them. They're like, ah, I probably wish I would have seen that mistake. That's all right. We'll get by. I'm good at making mistakes. Eh, who isn't? All right. We're going to start off with some sports, Mr. Husung. We tend to do sports around here, right? Every now and then. Um, not typically, again, I like to say we don't do box scores. I like no. to do... Uh, Interesting sports Where sports, stores. yeah, overlap in the rest of the world. Sure. Takes. So sure. Wimbledon and my boy, the Joker... 
Novak's Novak's Djokovic going for his, uh, uh, what will be an all-time record 24th major, solidifying himself as maybe the greatest unvaxxed tennis player in the history of uh, modern tennis. I think you could drop the unvaxxed Because Rod Laver, you know, back in the day, is probably unvaxxed. Well, you know, probably. But here's the thing. He's probably just the greatest tennis player ever. He very well could be. Right. I mean, we, we grew up, I, I don't know, if did you did we ever talk about tennis? Like, did you follow tennis? Like, did you watch Andre Agassi and Pete yes. Sampras? Okay, yes. that's what I'm asking. But I didn't like, follow it, and I know you were very into tennis Well, only because I played tennis yes. against a bunch of old people who whipped my ass, but it was still fun. But I started following tennis because of that. That's fine. Yeah. So anyway, Djokovic kind of came onto the scene when I started following tennis, so that's when I... You know, the him, the Federers, and the Dolls of the world. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, all the media companies hate that he's winning, and they yeah. like nothing more than for him to lose. Yeah. Now his name is permanently associated with the COVID vaccine and his refusal to bend the knee to the powers that be. So now they want this story to go away, but, you know, the dude just keeps winning. Yeah. When obviously they, uh, you know, he, did, what, he missed three majors at least? I think the Australian three. Open, maybe twice. The U.S. Open at least once, maybe twice. So, yeah, I mean, he missed a cha- a multiple chances at actually uh, completing bre- the his record long before this. But but anyway, I'll be rooting for him. Shocker. Obviously. If I, I wish they had Joker jerseys. Then I would have Aaron Rodgers, Kyrie Irving, Cole Beasley, and Novak Djokovic. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I probably could buy his tennis shirt. That would look weird. I would, yeah, I wouldn't do that. I would not recommend <laughs> that. Nobody would understand that reference either. No. All right. But anyway, so Wimbledon starts today, which is why I bring it up. So sure. the uh, you know one of the tennis majors there. So, and again, hometown not really hometown hero, but uh, international uh, hero. international hero of uh, men of freedom. I mean, Novak Djokovic, hometown ish hero. Jess Pagula is like the number one ranked female tennis player. She's out of Buffalo. Yeah, I'm sure she'll. She's. I think she kind of made her name at Wimbledon like maybe three years ago. Or she kind of got right. deep into the. Uh, I don't know if she was like unranked or whatever but she might have been but she kind of splashed out of the scene yeah there you go do we want to talk about her mom is she better i don't know all right then we probably nobody, nobody has we don't sound her. prepared to talk about no her mom. i'm not all right let's move on yeah no we're not gonna let's talk about some nba stuff first of all if you haven't yet gandered at victor wembanyana Wembam wemby how about that sure um the unicorn of all unicorns, apparently. This dude is like 7'5". Nobody really knows how tall he is. He was last measured at 7'3", and the people are like, he's way taller now. So, like, he's probably like 7'5", seven, 7'6". Seven, Shoots, running one-handed three-pointers. When you're that tall. No one blocked. It literally is impossible to be blocked, his shot. But anyway, the also begins today is the NBA Summer League, and Victor Wembanyama will make his professional debut here in the United States I think he's 19. Again, 7'5", something like an 8-foot wingspan. Uh, has mad crossover dribbles. Mad I showed you th- crossover dribbles. Oh, yeah. You okay. watch it. No, I believe you. I think this is the closest I've ever seen you to having, like, a man crush on somebody. Well, so, I mean, I like the NBA more than most sports, and most people don't really like the NBA. So, sure. I, I acknowledge that I have a distorted view of, uh, or maybe my, uh, I let the emotions get the better of me when, something exciting happens in the NBA versus other things. But this is, I mean, even, you know, all the, pl- all the, the Kevin Durant and LeBron, the best players of the world are all like, all right, we want to see what this kid can do yeah. because he is, again, a freak. You know, sure. he's, he's got all of the 
seemingly, and again, we're, you know, the Kevin Durant comparison gets probably put out the most, um, that and Giannis because of his frame. Um, I'm just excited to watch him play against real, I mean, and this is NBA Summer League, so still you're not going against the NBA players. You're right. going against players who have been in the league one or two years. People are trying to catch on with teams. People are trying to hold on to stay with teams. So he should be the best player in the tournament anyway, you know, regardless. I mean, there's a couple yeah. other, you know, whatever. It should. It's tonight on ESPN. We all get to watch it. It's, I didn't think uh, he was going on until Friday, though. I thought it was July 3rd. It is, but I don't think he's playing until Friday. Oh, maybe uh, his team, the Spurs. Brandon Marshall's playing. Is it Brandon Marshall? <laughs> get out of Alabama? I don't know. I don't know any of the college kids. Fair enough. But, yeah, he's playing tonight, but I don't think the Spurs are Maybe this the NBA jam or the NBA Summer League starts tonight. Yes, and I don't think uh, the Spurs aren't introducing Wemby until Friday. Okay. Look at me giving you the lowdown on NBA info. God, yeah. I'm good at this job. You're a... You're a uh, very uh, uh, investigative journalist yes. in the NBA. Wojciechowski would be jealous. I, you know, like, the NBA is essentially my life, all right? So I, track it very carefully. I just want everybody to encourage everybody to, like, there are some people who, you know, have a preconceived notion about European players that they're soft and they, they just aren't going to be players. I think we've, you know, the the Giannis's, the Luka Doncic, the... The the Kristaps Porzingis, he's another one who gets compared to, uh, this guy gets compared to a lot. Some of the best players in the league are Europeans. So, um, do you think it's weird that he's French? I didn't mean to mention that. Do you know who else was French? Sure. We're not going to go into the riots because we don't know anything about that. (laughs) It's not not about that. So, Tony Parker. Yes. Is also French. Okay. You know, he played for the Spurs back in the day. I do. Did you know he's the owner of the current team the that Wambanyama plays on? I did not know that. Yeah, and so now he – and then the Spurs just luckily fall into the first pick. Do you think that's any kind of Patrick Ewing, New York Knickish, 1985 lottery uh, vibes? Are we calling it shenanigans or are we just – Yeah, I'm calling vibes? it shenanigans, vibes, whatever you want to call it. You know, they, yeah. had, they had David Robinson. They had – you know, uh, Tim Duncan, they have this Tony Parker connection. If there was ever a, if you wanted a rookie player who had all the upside in the world to go to a team, you'd probably pick the Spurs first, or at least they'd be in the top three teams, I think, because of their coaching staff and their history. So it seems as a lot of things fell in place perfectly, kind of like LeBron James going to the hometown Cavaliers, Cavaliers, right? Seems to be a recurring thing at the NBA. That's all I'm saying. I think it's pretty And I don't even think I care. I wish, I wish... The Spurs could have bid on the like I'm not really a huge like draft like I feel like the draft is necessary part of uh, team building like these players should all be able to just play wherever they want to whoever wants to pay them the most but anyway I'm excited I I listen I like it and I uh, I hope so I hope they've rigged it to send him to San Antonio I think that'll be good for him but admittedly I think if the NBA was going to send him anywhere they'd send him to a larger market if they could have chosen it and they could have put him in L A or they could have put him. Well, well, not New York, but maybe Brooklyn. Um, New York's got basically the whole Villano- the national championship of Villanova team. They just signed uh, well, they signed Jalen Brunson last year to a free agency. They traded for Josh Hart, and then they just signed uh, what the hell's the other kid's name? I don't know another kid who played for Villanova. So now the Knicks have three players. Oh, DiVincenzo. They so they just okay. played. Uh, they have three players who were on the Villanova championship team now all in the Knicks. It's kind of weird. Nice, like the Fab Three. The Fab Three. <laughs> Take it. That doesn't roll off the tongue. No. One more sports story that I found interesting. Um, from Michael Jordan, of all places. Uh, so, 
maybe you haven't heard, but Michael Jordan uh, sold his uh, majority share of the Charlotte Hornets, his hometown uh, NBA team, I guess. But did you know the backstory of this thing? I found this article interesting. So did you know who he bought the, the Hornets from? No. Robert Johnson, the, the owner of the BET Network. Okay. So he owned the, I guess it was the Charlotte Bobcats back with the, when the whole name thing, when, they, when yeah. Charlotte moved to New Orleans and then they fran- refranchised Charlotte and they made the whole name thing, whatever. Anyway, the BET Network founder s- sells this, uh, uh, his sharing interest or his controlling interest or whatever to Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan basically paid $25 million cash for this thing and then sold his uh, majority share for about $1.5 It's a good day for Michael Jordan. Literally twenty five million into one point five billion, and the rich and it's probably richer. more. It's like the it's the valuation for the Hornets during the, when they sold it was three billion, and he had the majority shares. So like I'm assuming it's at least one and a half billion. It's got to be. That's what majority usually yeah. leads you to believe. That's a pretty good investment. That's more money than he made in Nike and as a player combined. Wow. Yeah. His, he had a two billion deal with Nike, and he's flirting with that number right here. So it's pretty. It's a good day to be Michael Jordan. Yeah. Although, is there a bad day to be Michael Jordan? Um, I mean, I could probably think of a couple. That's fair. But, it's, yeah, today's a good day to be Michael Jordan. Today's a really good day. Yeah, and this actually happened last week, so it's probably been a good few weeks for Michael Jordan. But probably a lot of golf Yeah, in his uh, life there. But good Air Jordan, him. still the best. Good for him. I think Robert Johnson is probably the only person to ever lose money owning a professional NBA team, I think. I think that's correct, and I also think that Michael Jordan, as much as he is, uh, you know, arguably or inarguably, depending on your perspective, the greatest of all time at basketball, he was atrocious as an owner and a coach. Well, he was a ex- extraordinarily successful owner, apparently. I mean, financially, yes. However, like the six, Wait, when's the you don't last like Kwame time Brown? this team was... Oh, God, Kwame Brown. I love Kwame Brown. That dude's just a dick, and he's mad at everybody, and I love it. <laughs> He is hilarious to listen to. He just, all about, the, every time he comes in public, it's because he's shitting on people. That's which one, all he does. Which one is a bad, worst draft pick? Uh, Kwame Brown or Adam Morrison? I don't know who Adam Morrison is. You remember the mustache guy from Gonzaga who Jordan drafted like number three overall? Oh, by the, I do remember Yeah, him. that guy. Yeah. Wait, those were both bad picks. Yeah. yeah. Think, if they play, think if they had NBA Jam where you had those two players on one team that you would, I would play with those guys. I would try. <laughs> that would be hilarious. But, oh, well, good day for Michael Jordan. Yeah. Happy for him. Yeah. A lot of NBA news for us here today. I know. We're You're covering welcome. everything. You're welcome, Mr. Hussong. <laughs> All right. Let's talk to something something more our speed here. Um, oh, before I do that, did you see this? Did you see this Dana Carvey, uh, David Spade clip? No. Doesn't look like it. So, this is Dana Carvey. Do you remember uh-huh. him of Saturday Night Live fame? Of course. Church lady, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's uh, on the David Spade podcast. Okay. So two former... Uh, SNL know, guys. Yeah. Uh, hucking it up here on the uh, on the podcast here. But I want everybody to listen to this conversation. Now, this just happened like, I want to say two weeks. This po- this was posted June 28th. So it happened a couple days before that. It's, it's This is new, r- real new. But... I don't know. Let's, let's listen. And then, then I want to... I just want to pick your brain before I... Uh, before I make any comments here. So let me uh, set up the audio here so you guys can hear this at home. I miss COVID. I know. Dude, you know what I knew? There was trouble <laughs> when anyone that came to our country didn't have to get a vaccine. And I go, mm-hmm. if you're telling me I can't go to work, 
but everyone everyone coming in doesn't have to get one. I go, well, once we found out when Fauci said, okay, I'm sorry, but if you've had two boosters and two vaccines, you can get and give COVID to another guy who's had five vaccines and four boosters. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a vaccine and a booster? I don't know, it's just more vaccine, but booster sounds better. Anyway, a guy with 25 vaccines would get and give COVID to another guy with 25 <laughs> vaccines. That's why I'm introducing the daily COVID shot. Every day you get a shot. By the time you get to your car, you got no immunity. But it's a beautiful 39 seconds. <laughs> I miss it. So, as you're laughing here, and it's funny, right? Outstanding. Shouldn't this have been, and it would have oh. been even more funny. Well, it might not have been more fun. It would have been just as funny, but it would have had more impact if this was two years ago. Yeah. If this was in the in real time, you know, as they were pushing the fifth booster or whatever it was, and Peter Hotez is running his fat ass out there on MSNBC for the 28th time telling us how we need another booster, like, this could have been, this could have been what the John Stewart Wuhan lab thing, as big as that was, I mean, even obviously, and they could have done that from, you know, from when Zero Hedge got, they could have made that joke, at least, when Zero Hedge got banned and april of 2020 about the lab leak that was not like a new theory that had been going on since the beginning but don't the comedians here lose a little bit of their uh i don't know like i i'm more like it was funny but now and after i listened to it i was like well why the fuck they didn't do this when it could have mattered and made a difference like they could have let they could have let everybody else think that right now people were people were like you and i were were you know basically dehumanized for making such accus you know making jokes yeah. about whatever so this could have lessened that and maybe opened the eyes to some people i don't know I, it was funny it just could have made it could have been more important if it was more timely all right i don't disagree with you i also don't like i'm not gonna hold it against them up my attitude is like look for the people that did stand up and say something and i appreciate it for the people that were neutral i listen i'm not mad i get it for the people that actively pushed and dehumanized and went nuts, yeah, you're all sex of shit. And I don't really want to. I don't want to listen to you unless you're ready to have some tor- some type of mea culpa of like, hey, I was wrong. I got lied to. I got duped, and I won't let it happen again. But most of them don't. So the comedians that are at least making jokes about it. Here's why I like it: the more things, the more people coming out and pointing out how insane it was lowers the odds of it being hap- of it being allowed to happen again. The more we can all look back collectively and laugh at Tony Fauci, the more the next time it comes around, I'm going to be able to tell somebody else, like, did you hear what they said? Be like, sounds like Tony Fauci 2.0. And they go, oh, okay. Not like, uh, you mean St. Anthony of Brooklyn? Like, that, I mean, that was a thing for a while. And it's just good. These guys should all be laughed out of every conversation where they are still brought up as any type of credible expert who has a valued opinion on matters of public health. They should be immediately laughed at every single time. I agree. I, you know, like I said, it was funny. I, I just had uh, some bitterness because we could, we could have used some cover back in the day. That's all I'm saying, you know? I listen, I, I agree with you, and I would have been nice, but I, we, we made our stance early on, and we just kept saying, like, guys, this, this is a lie. This is just flat out not true. And everybody's like, ah, shut up, you conspiracy theorists and right-wing zealots. All right, so let's continue on the COVID talk and vaccine talk here. And 
From the Daily Skeptic, Pfizer vaccine batches in EU were placebos, say scientists. So this is a study from Denmark, or they used Denmark was the uh, where the study was conducted. Um, they checked the Pfizer BioNTech uh, COVID vaccine uh, batches, and they plotted them on a graph conveniently for us here all to look at. Oh, nice. And they separated these this blue, green, and yellow, as you can see this uh, on the chart here. Uh, these were different batches of vaccine that they were able to, you know, they're public information, so they're able to source adverse events in related to these batches. And now, first, I want to point to the blue thing, which is this is this is one in ten people adverse events in the blue batch one in 10 the green is one in 400 which is still high that still sounds bad one in 10 this was tens of thousands of administered doses now these batches ended up going away thankfully (laughs) i guess yeah um also thankfully it turns out the yellow group were placebos so this yellow line down here, this one that stays at zero the whole time with no adverse events, basically, as you read this article, and maybe I can find the exact words, but you don't get that kind of a flat line unless it's, when you look at it, the people who are studying data will look at it and immediately disassume that's the placebo group. Sure. This is, the, this is what we're measuring everything off of here. And so we have what appears to be a, Batch or batches of, and this is just one country. They still, you know, tens of thousands of doses studied here in this thing. And not only did they must be aware that these batches were problematic. You would think. Because they pulled them. (laughs) They replaced them with something to completely offset the damage could have been caused by them, which is basically nothing. Now, I'm, if I was, if I found out after the fact that I was given a placebo, I would be like, thank you, whatever I did, thank you. I mean, I don't have to worry about that. I'm still pure blood here. So, um, but (laughs) do you think this was actually an experiment where they needed a placebo group? It's possible. Listen, I think more than anything else, it's they were looking at the internal data. This is a wild theory. Please understand, I have no basis in this other than my familiarity with the way that pharmaceutical corporations generally operate. So here's my theory. This is that Pfizer was monitoring this in real time and watching the data and knowing they were having these adverse effects. So as they pulled the other batches, knowing there was a problem, they literally just put out a product that didn't have anything in it and claimed that it was, in fact, a vaccine. And like I said, just... just so, so now... Go ahead. You got all this ridiculously sky high, and so the first thing they tried is, well, let's just put, like, less of spike or less proteins or less mRNA in it, and they got down a little bit, and they were like, shit, this is still way too high. It's going to get pulled. And so they literally started administering placebos. And that way, they kept saying it was all the same thing, all the same thing. But now if your risk is this high, and then we got it here, and then the last of it's here, it averages out over the all, where you could say, hey, it's not 1 in 400 or 1 in 70,000. It's not zero. So then we get to average all those numbers together and claim that's the real one. And God knows there's not a single bureaucrat or government official that's going to dive into the data and go, 
uh bullshit yeah. what happened here and so and this people go into this and then i still have one more follow-up thing that i want to kind of bring to your attention here so the green batches yeah Eight hundred thousand doses are associated with two thousand suspected adverse events. That gives us the one in four hundred. In the blue batches, only I say only eighty thousand doses, not eight hundred thousand, still with two thousand or with eight thousand suspected adverse events. So one in ten on that blue batch, and clearly a much shorter, uh, a much uh, less administered dose count. You know by a factor of 10, right? So, and then you get to the, the yellow one where 200,000 administered and zero adverse events, zero. So do we have timelines on when each of these were released? Here's the caveat, Mr. Right, Husson. These were supposed to be tested before they were sent out to the public, right? Yeah, of course. The blue ones were tested. So this, there was this, these same group of scientists who, who studied this test and found these batch anomalies also looked at the testing schedule for these batches and found out, guess what? All except for one of the batches. So th I, my understanding was not every single batch is supposed to be tested. They're supposed to test enough batches to get a sample, get a, get a big enough sure. sample to be like, okay, we've tested enough of these. Let's go. So they tested all but of the batches that they had here, all but like two of the blue ones were tested, all but like one of the green ones were tested, and none except for one of the yellows were tested. So not only did they administer a placebo, they knew they were administering a placebo. They didn't bother testing it at all. Because it was a placebo. Because it was a placebo. <laughs> they knew. They literally knew they were administering saline to a bunch of people, and they didn't have to worry about that. I... I signed up for your philosophy or theory uh, immediately. I was like, okay, they knew they had a problem, and they were like, best way to stop the problem? Let's stop giving them the vaccine. Well, it's like the, the old theory of there's lies, damn lies, and then statistics. And yeah. if you can just manipulate that down, because you know if you inject saline in somebody's arm, they're not going to have any adverse effect. It's just not going to happen. So if you need to balance out really bad numbers by throwing in something that's you know, not bad. It's it's essentially like vaccine laundering. It's like money laundering, but for medicine. It's you mix in some of the dirty with some of the clean, and then suddenly you get to average it all out. So you just gotta hide it somewhere. And I put the chart up for that. What I just explained on the on the on the screen there. So this is the blue. This is the problematic adverse event, high adverse one in ten here. All of them were tested, every single one. Jaws German for yes. This is like thank you for you're all welcome for your German lesson. And Neen over here, nine Neen. Nine. No. So, again, blues, all tested. Greens, the one in 400, all tested except for two. I would accept that as, like, thorough, right? Sure. And then you go over to the yellow one. The very first one, yeah. Then the all the rest of them, nine, nine, no, untested. It's effing unbelievable. It's so brazen. And this is just one country. I know. Imagine if people actually wanted to know this. Like, imagine if most people, you know full well, like, I'm going to a family party today. If I bring this up, and nobody's going to want to hear it. Nobody's going to want to hear me talk about how, like, look, this is legitimately terrifying. Nobody wants to hear it. Imagine if people did. Imagine if, like, everybody was skeptical of pharmaceutical companies and the government. That was so 2019. I know. Remember when that was, like, a cool and... I don't want to say trendy, but, like, it was a little edgy to be like, no, the government's a bunch of liars, and they're they're continuing to lie. Now it's, like, the exact opposite. And I don't know how we got here. That yeah, was weird. I, like I said, it, 
it's I've only seen it covered a couple places here, but like this should be studied again. This, they should every country right, should now everybody go, should be oh like my God, let's, let's check look this, at this right now. I think, and I'm just thinking this through uh, we're in real time here, so just shut me down if I'm an idiot here. But if I'm Pfizer and I sold the Denmark government 200,000 vaccines and they administered 2,000 saline shots, I want my money back, I, right? I, mean, I would. So, I mean, you could sue for fraud, I think. Right. So let's just say, like, let's say the vaccine actually worked and was safe and effective. How pissed would everybody be that they yeah. literally gave saline for all these people? <sighs> They'd be furious. The same, the same vaccine that they had to, they were such a uh, morality check that they had to unblind the study because they had to give these people the vaccine. And in Denmark, they were like, don't give anybody the vaccine. Stop, stop. And they just went placebo. Wow, that's bold. I mean, it's effective. I, seemingly, it stemmed the problem. If there's anything that Pfizer at all know how to do, it's make money and it's cover up negative data. But I do think that's a back door into fraud, into Pfizer's, you know, demise. Like if, if in fact they were, it can be shown that they were knowingly sending out placebos and charging whatever they were charging the U.S. government for a vaccine times 200,000 apparently just in one country. Would I mean, they, holy. Hold up. Would there be anything less surprising to you than our government spending $10 billion on no. placebo shots, on saline shots no. from Pfizer? I'd like to give Denmark the better fit of the doubt, but I mean, I'm guessing they probably all just got lumped into the EU craze or whatever was yeah. going on there. I don't know anything about, you know, Danish politics, but this is holy the, hell. Like, this is the stuff that you read that nobody else is aware of, and if you bring it up, people are like, yeah, right. Again... This isn't my opinion. This is what is yeah. actually coming out of the data. Well, we've had this conversation about other topics where, like, this is public knowledge, right? This is not like... Right. But it's not common knowledge. Nobody nobody will... It takes, you know, whatever it takes, number of people recognizing that. But I do think the common knowledge part is, you know, the COVID vaccines, just by uptake, you can... Like, that is worn out, right? People are not work. doing... Right. So people have figured that out without the media's help. Right. Because the media never said... Oh, well, I guess we can all stop getting the vaccine now because they don't work. Like, they were all super like, eh, maybe we should get it. Still, oh, wait know, till we the know fall. That, that we're not exactly the way they were advertised, but Buddy, come on. But wait anyway. till the fall booster campaign hits. They're going to make some variation to it and be like, you know what? The news diet, the now that we've adjusted this, there's some science to indicate that it could be as high as 94% effective. Yeah, and Dana Carvey's going to be right with like, daily booster shots. Come get your fall flu and COVID <laughs> shot together. Right. Even if you don't get, still get it, it'll, it, it looks as if some of the science might appear that you'll have a less adverse effects if you get both. I'm still, like, the placebo thing is wild. Wild, but that 1 in 10, man, that is crazy. I mean. 1 in 10. One in, if you administer a drug that 1 in 10 people get a severe adverse effect to, you belong in prison. It's not like how that ever got up. And anybody who approved that, whether emergency use or not, should also be in prison because you have just had. I mean, one in 400 is high. One in 400 is insanely high. One in 10 is on, is poison. Yeah. Like it's Nuremberg level. Like, right. That's stuff. different. That's crazy. One in 400 would get you immediately and, black box. And to know. Because they knew they stopped administering the bad batches. And didn't like be like, hey, anybody who has this on your card, this thing, you should go, you know, get go to the doctor and get checked out because right. of this. Nope. Nah, Crazy. instead they just they changed something, and then 
Imagine having to do that. Like, imagine you're the CEO of Pfizer, whatever level the hell they make these decisions at, where somebody comes to you and goes, hey, we're looking at this data. We have some, we have a problem. It's we're giving these people mRNA, and like this this early indication is that it's like one out of 100 people is having an adverse effect. And you go, all right, just keep me posted. Then they come back like, it's closer to one in 10. What do you want to do? Do we have to have a press release? Like, you know what? No. Just change the formulation. Have, do it like half saline solution and cut everything in there down by half and let's see how that does okay it's still one in 400 that's still going to give us black box okay next batches just take it all out put it all saline solution and get as many of these out as you can because that way we need to get these numbers down otherwise we're going to be in trouble so you go out you do all the saline and then all of a sudden all the numbers come down and it's one in safe and effective and now it's hey uh, I mean, I'll give them this. The saline is as effective as the COVID shot is. So, it, like, there's no difference in that. More, because there's negative correlation. There is negative the, correlation. Now. So, so, yeah, the people that got the saline, thank your lucky stars. Yes, and thank you, whatever deity you choose to believe in that you are so fortunate. Um, like, and, literally, I, I, I can't even tell you how fortunate they are. But anyway. But that's what I mean. Like, imagine being this level of a sociopath where you know, like, all right, we're causing heart attacks, arrhythmias, strokes, blood clots. Uh, paralysis in some cases, horrific autoimmune diseases. And your answer is, all right, we don't got to do anything about that, but for these new ones coming out, we can't keep hurting people or else it's going to hurt our bottom line. So we just give them saline and we'll say it's the same thing. And that way, the numbers won't be 1 in 10. By the time we balance it all out, it'll be like 1 in 5,000, and that's, that's an acceptable number where we have plausible deniability. Imagine being that level of sociopath. The regulators didn't even check. Why would they? What is it like their job? My God, you're gonna collect a check, buddy. Government can't afford to pay them overtime to start looking into stuff like this. My goodness, that's crazy. That's crazy. How that's the crazy. hell could we give Ukraine six billion dollars a year if we did that? All right, so selfish. Yeah, let's switch up gears a little bit. Talk what about one of our favorite topics, Hunter Biden here. God, I love this. Topic. So this was actually we were gonna talk. I was probably gonna talk about this uh, last week. Uh, we didn't have a show last Monday, so um, I kind of wanted to bring this up because they're still kind of uh, awake. Of this uh, story. So IRS whistleblower alleged sweeping political interference in Hunter Biden case. So this came, we didn't even get to cover the, I, I don't think we'd covered that. Hunter Biden pled guilty to, to two tax evasion uh, crimes, if I'm correct, uh, right? Um, and uh, I don't know what he pled to the gun, I mean, uncontested to the gun no charge. Yes, yeah, so whatever. So um, anyway, so immediately after that, we had a couple IRS whistleblowers come out and say, hey, yeah, we would have liked to have charged him with more, and we tried to, but we were thwarted at a couple different ways up the, up the food chain here. Um, so much so that Kevin McCarthy threatened Merrick Garland with uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland with uh, impeachment over interference with this case. So first... It's a nothing. I mean, I don't know unless you have some hot take on the the actual guilty pleas of Hunter Biden. There, it's literally nothing, right? Like it's me, or, me or you would serve decades in prison for the same same offenses. It's good to be a Biden. <laughs> um, unless so, your name's Navy, yeah, or Bo. Wow. All right, <laughs> that was messed up. I listen. It was if good you don't to be think Bo if you don't think there's a chance that Hunter played a role in Bo Biden's demise, then Wow. You're not paying attention. It's a bold claim. I said there's a sliver there, man. It's a chance. 
Listen, I mean, it was good to be Bo Biden when he was alive. It's unfortunate that he had a brain tumor, but that doesn't excuse all the horrific things this family has done over the last 50 years. Speaking of that, which brings me to the, what seems to be the key piece of uh, evidence, if you will, uh, right now that is circulating that has uh, got people uh, 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 all excited or, or panties in a bunch, depending on which side of the aisle you are. But apparently there's a WhatsApp message uh, of Hunter Biden. Yep. To some Chinese person, I can't remember his name. Zhao is his name. I don't can't remember his first name. Remember that anyway. You're good. Uh, Henry Zhao, sure, a Chinese businessman. So, let me see if I can pull up the exact. Uh, here it is. Uh, so this is a WhatsApp message to this Chairman Zhao, and I'm going to read it in full here. I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Hunter Biden wrote. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or a text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Ouch. So... I mean, this can't be true because I was told that Joe Biden himself told us all that he had no knowledge of his son's business dealings. So this cannot be true. Obviously. But people want to find out. Uh, So I don't know. Seems pretty incriminating here, even without, you know, reading between the lines is not that difficult here. Um, If you got that message, you'd know what it means. For sure. Uh, What do you think it means? I think it means that Joe Biden might have been involved with Hunter Biden's business dealings. I believe, and I don't know if this is part of this article, probably not here in this one because it's particular, but, but this also uh, two or three days later followed a $5 million deposit into uh, one of Hunter Biden's uh, LLCs, one of his many LLCs. I mean, it's totally normal for people to have 30 LLCs. Probably just coincidental. Sure. <laughs> so, and this is the, you know... I, if anybody's earned the benefit of the doubt, it's Hunter Biden, damn it. Sure. He's been the target of right-wing conspiracy theories. He's a recovering addict doing his best. Now, normally, it would just be me and you covering this and quoting that uh, sure. uh, WhatsApp message and maybe some people out on Newsmax or uh, in the Twitterverse uh, quoting that and uh, whatever. Flat but earthers and Nazis. We ha- yeah. yeah, but we have some of the mainstream media picking up on this exact thing here. And maybe you saw this, but I want to play this. Okay. Um, this is... Karine Jean-Pierre, She's the as, worst. as Tucker would like to call her. Karine Jean-Pierre. He has a way better French accent than I do. But anyway, she's the White House uh, press secretary. And I don't think she's used to this kind of uh, questioning, this line of questioning here. But let me play this for you. Did you see this at all? Yeah. Oh, okay. So Play it anyway. It's yeah. Awesome. Oh, I'm going to play it. Because so, I want everybody at home to hear this too. So. To your point, she's the worst. When you're tasked with an impossible feat, like it's impossible to look graceful, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, some people are better at it than others. Yeah, like George Bush's cabinet at least had this stuff down about how to blatantly lie to people and yell at them and belittle them for not being patriots. But this is this is what a functioning press should feel like, anyway. So let's play this. Um, 
The president invited his son Hunter to the state dinner last night. Um, I'm wondering if you could take us into the thinking and decision making of why uh, the president decided to invite. I, his son. I'm just not going to get into family discussion, personal family discussion. As you know, Hunter is his son. I'm just not going to get well, into let me it. Ask you this. If, if Hunter Biden wasn't the president's son, would he have invited someone who had just reached a plea agreement with federal prosecutors? Well, two days a, couple, a couple of things. Again, that's his son. It's a, he's a family member. It is not uncommon for family members to attend uh, events at the White House. You could look at past presidents. I'm sure you have. So that is not uncommon. As it relates to anything uh, uh, related to, uh, to Hunter, I'm just not going to respond to it from here. Can I follow up on so that? Okay. Well, I just called in somebody. Go ahead. Yeah. So, but I mean, so Kirby wouldn't answer James's question, though. Are you going to answer the question? Not a reasonable question to ask no, with the President I, of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest, in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealings by a son. Is that something, if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. So that. here's the thing, I, and I appreciate the question. I believe my colleague uh, at the White House Council uh, has answered this question already, has dealt with this, has uh, uh, made it very clear. I just don't have anything to share outside of what my colleagues have shared, uh, and so I would refer you to him and the, D and the DOJ. Just not going to comment from here. Text message I will. What I can tell you is, I know that my colleague has dealt with this. He he uh, addressed this at the White House Council. I just don't have anything else to share. I just I just answered the question. I just answered the question. Yes or no? Was the president involved in the shakedown? I just answered. Stephen. Stephen. I just answered the question. I just said. I just. This is. It's not up to you how I answer the question. I just answer the question by telling you my colleagues at the White House Council has dealt with this, and I would refer you to them. Go ahead. Can you just remind us what your colleague said from the White House Council so we have it? I would, I, would, I would refer you to them and they will share their statement with all of you. My question is about is your statements from that podium. You stated that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with his son. And you stood at that podium yeah. and you reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaffirmation? I, what I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And I will leave it there. Anything else, I will refer you to the White House Council. This is not a change? I just answered the question. You, asked, you just asked me, do, does my statement change? I just told you nothing has changed. That's answering the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Stephen, I'm calling on your colleague right now. Go ahead. Thank you. To, to follow up on my colleague, is there anything that you can say with regard to this text message and what the president's son was alleging? Was the president there or not? I would refer you to my colleagues at the White House Council. They have addressed this, and I refer you to them. Go ahead. Green, have you spoken to the president about this? Have you asked him whether he was there with his son on July 30th? This is not a conversation that I've had with the president. Again, I would refer you to the White House counsel. Do you plan to have that conversation no. with the president? No. Did the president speak with the attorney general at all last I can't, night? I, I, I cannot say uh, if the president uh, had had a conversation with the attorney general last night. What I can refer you to is the White House counsel's office as it relates to the uh, allegations. Uh, they've already addressed this. This is something for them to deal with. I refer you to the Department of Justice on anything else if you don't want to speak to the White House counsel's office. And there was reporting earlier in the week that after the plea agreement was reached by Hunter Biden, that the president felt relieved that that part of it was behind him. Is that true? Can you speak I can't to speak to that. Then? I cannot speak to the president's mindset. Again, I would refer you to the White House counsel. Um, the president invited his son Hunter. Okay, so a lot there. First of all, this 
for context, is on, I think, the night after or maybe two nights after some White House state dinner. Hunter Biden. Hunter Merrick Biden Garland in attendance. There. Merrick Garland in attendance. Weird. Um, she answered nothing. Can I point something out? Sure. That I think I'm the only one who this annoys. She kept saying, I would refer you to my colleague and colleagues. So, like, she would just intermix them as if, well, is it one person that we're supposed to be talking to, or is it multiple people? Yeah, so I think she's referencing, uh, what's his name, Kirby, who is the White House counsel. Right. John Kirby, his name? I but can't why, like, uh, you, th- now that you've, like, heard me say it, tell me I'm wrong. That she used colleague and colleagues interchangeably right. at so, the counsel. So she might, like she there might know. be a team of lawyers there that she's i mean whatever she's, she's not good at it but she's either. used one or the other every single time that's all i'm asking for right here i just want to know am i talking about one person or multiple people you are the voice of the president to the people and you are so tied down in this misdirection you won't commit to a thing so i mean she's terrible stop using so many words to answer these questions just say i can't comment on that not every time hey if you are you going to talk to him no like, you don't need to go, and I would encourage you to go and look at the words, and like, well, could you remind us what he said? No, you have to go talk to him. Like, just don't use six words when three will do. That's how you get good at this job. For sure. I mean, the more wrong words, you know, that, and every word she utters is going to be wrong. So, by design, they're, it's a spin job, right? So, right. I mean, their their job is to basically throw countermeasures, but... S- We've long talked about whether or not, you know, Biden is going to uh, be the nominee and or uh, uh, run in 2024. I still say there's the odds are that he is not the nominee. It's more likely that Gavin Newsom is the nominee than Joe Biden in my world. still have a Kamala Harris problem. So it goes away with Gavin Newsom. It doesn't. Yes, because if Gavin Newsom ends up being the nominee, he cannot have two Californians on the ticket. So she has to go away. But how do you not give it to the vice president? Gavin Newsom doesn't care about that, right? Gavin Newsom's okay. going for but himself. The party does. Maybe. The party that literally was Listen, built on the prospects of all like, if you, minorities and females need to be if, represented. And then they're like, hey, shut up and go to the back. We need the white dude. Yeah. She, but they know that she can. Is she a, can't win. She can't win. And not only can she not win, she's damaging to the, she's literally has a lower approval rating than Biden. She is the most unpopular vice president since they started monitoring and tracking this. She is the most unfavorably viewed vice president we have ever had and dick cheney sucks dick cheney beat her <laughs> how <laughs> dick cheney was more popular than her that's my point that's amazing so is I didn't this think about that until you just I, brought it up is that because he's my most hated vice president <laughs> is this the beginning of the end for joe biden though is this so we've had all the conversations that you could possibly have about how Hunter Biden's going to affect Joe Biden and whether or not that's going to take him down and whether the media is going to cover it. And this all on top of the diminishing mental faculties that he has, like, and his unfavorable rating, both sides of the ticket, like the Democrats want to change the candidate. They just, maybe to your point, haven't figured out a, uh, unclunky way of making that happen because Kamala Harris is not like will not cannot win like she's zero zero chance how do you how does she save any level of face how does she save any level of face 
She doesn't. She's just a sacrificial lamb for part of the Biden. And how campaign. does that play with your base, though? I think that they don't like. She was. She polled at two percent in the primary. She's not part of. The, she's not part of the voting base. She's part of the the it's, elite structure. I get it, but now imagine like you're politically involved. All right, you're a Democrat. You're a, you're a yay go blue no matter who type of person, and all you've ever done is accuse people whether they're libertarian. They, they would rather have Gavin Republican. I get it. But all you've done is call all, everybody else is racist and sexist and a bigot and closed-minded. And you're the party, the champion of it's so exciting because Kamala Harris is the vice president and now my daughters know they can do anything. And now you got to listen to people like me for the entirety of the year of campaigning of like, hey, what happened to Kamala? Yeah. Oh, you got Gavin? Are you going to support Gavin no matter what? Like, oh, so you don't actually care about minority women. You're okay with her getting bounced out you know that- for him. The left doesn't have principled positions. Do you understand how insufferable I am going to be if this happens? <laughs> Do you understand what a dick I'm going to be about this Listen, issue? Listen, I'm all for it. Uh, like it's gonna, I will be brutal. Because here's the thing. You can come back at me with, yeah, but Trump sucks. I'm like, yep, 100% he does. Now let's talk about you because I'm not voting for Trump, but you're still talking about voting for this, this, oh, I shouldn't curse this much, jerk. This white privileged male that came from money and just bounced a minority woman out of her job so that he could take Anna and a senior citizen. My God, you're upsetting the women, the blue haired folks and the minorities all in one fell swoop to bring in the most privileged white male ever. Stacey Abrams will be on the vice president of ticket. Problem solved. Okay. So you're telling the woman's <laughs> place is still behind the white dude. I, you don't understand. I, listen, I'm not even like, I'm almost excited about it because I'm going to be insufferable to every person that was insufferable to me over the last however many years. Of I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I'm going to be an asshole about it's, this. It's going to happen. It's hilarious. I, I snuck Gavin Newsom into our thumbnail. Good. Peeking over the shoulder of the uh, other four main candidates. There. No, you can't see it right there. Okay, my bad. I don't. Who's the other white dude? There's a lot uh, of white people in office. That's Merrick Garland. I know that's, that's Merrick Garland. Who's the dude uh, behind him? Who knows? I can't see. It's blurred. That's fine. Yeah. That doesn't. Yeah. That's nothing. But do you like, and let's touch on this Garland part of this for a second here. I'd be a little bit shocked if they tried to impeach Garland, even though they threatened it. I mean, unless. Even though they should. Right. If, if in fact there's evidence that he himself specifically put his thumb on the investigation was like, no, we're not doing this. Then by all means, go get it. It seems though. It could be a political backfire, the timing of it. I don't disagree with that, except I am of the opinion that if you are in charge, you take responsibility. The same way that when it turns, when all the data about Pfizer comes out, Albert Borla should be brought up on charges. I don't care how much or how little he knew, he was in charge. And if you're responsible, the buck stops with you. And Merrick Garland, you're in charge. So I tend to believe these allegations are true. Now, some of that might be confirmation bias. Some of that might be because I've looked into this more than the average person, and it all makes sense. Everything follows that path. And Occam's razor would tell me that Joe Biden 100% was involved in dirty money all across the world and with multiple entities and organizations. Everywhere he went, he was getting all this money. Everybody's talking about how Hunter paid back all of this money with interest and penalties. Where did he get the money? What does this man do for a living? Art. Where he can afford copious amounts of cocaine and crack, and he can have the highest end escorts, nights out at strip clubs, 
all these expensive cars, big houses with twenty thousand dollars. Did you see he, he wrote all that stuff off? Yes. Did you see he posted? Do you think Hunter was probably he probably should have been a filmmaker? It seems to be his passion. Did you see him film himself driving 172 miles an hour, smoking crack on his way to Vegas? Well, what is he doing? Like, he's like, I'm going to try to do the most illegal thing possible and capture it all in real time. Right. It's because he never thought there's zero. He doesn't recognize the chance he could get caught because his family is so, so connected that there's no risk. Like, how brazen is it that this dude literally sat on the board of Burisma while his father was the vice president in charge of U.S. policy to Ukraine, and this dude's making $83,000 a month, and then his father goes and gets the prosecutor fired, and the media all got in line with, got him fired because he wasn't looking into the pro- into this company enough. They needed somebody tougher. Like, oh, so what happened to the investigation into Burisma after they fired that first prosecutor? Found out they weren't doing anything wrong. Closed case. That guy looked into it and resolved it all immediately. And you're telling me this with a straight face. And I'm looking back at you, and you you know deep down, like I've had this discussion with people, and you can see it as soon as you say that, they're like, yeah, I guess. Come on. You know that's not true. This is like the, the amount of shit you have to believe to think that Biden is clean is insane. So the idea that they have the laptop full of stuff, they have all the tax records. They have all the stuff he bought. They have all of the drug use. They have all of the gun possessions. They have all of the, let's say, young-looking women that may or may not be of consenting age on these videos. And they're, you're telling me that just what was released, which wasn't even the real messed up stuff, and Hunter Biden having this lavish lifestyle and making millions of dollars a year with 35-plus LLCs set up, and his father's got a bunch, and you got emails saying 10% for the big guy, and a guy on the email saying Joe Biden is the big guy, and you got all the money showing up in one of the LLCs the day after this message. Do you realize the benefit of the doubt you have to give to the Biden family in order to think this isn't dirty? So now you're telling me the DOJ had no idea? You're telling me the DOJ didn't have the slightest clue that all this was happening and instead went with the most minor charges imaginable to get him a slap on the wrist and get this thing to go away, except it's so brazen that a lot of us are looking at it and being like, no, this is bullshit. This is insane. Now, listen, Trump got indicted for literally violating the law. It does appear. It, I mean, it looks like Trump does have problems because he can't shut his own mouth and he's got to brag about every stupid thing known to man, and he might end up going to jail, which I'm not going to lose any sleep over. Yeah. Is it right? No, but he did violate the law. So, all right, it happens. Now, what the fuck? Like, what are we doing over here? What is happening with the Biden family where they get to get off scot-free for far worse aggression or uh, transgressions? Far worse. And easily removable. You have, you have eyewitness. You have records. You have money. You have phone calls. You have messages. Like, you have a shared bank account with father and son. You have intermixing use of cell phones. You have, hey, I won't take 10% like dad does on text message. Like, what more do you need? I am not a prosecutor. I was a lawyer very briefly. If this was my client, I'd been like, we're going we're gonna to plea. <laughs> Whatever they offer. Because this is like a most open and shut case ever. And instead, they're like, two counts of tax evasion. Pay the money back. And he's like, no problem. Meanwhile, he can pay all that back, but he can't afford a child support for the daughter that he won't claim and will not allow to use the family name. Joe Biden will acknowledge six of his seven grandchildren, folks, and the other one, he pretends like it doesn't exist, and they fought in court to prevent that mother from having her daughter, who was born of Hunter, paternity test confirmed, cannot use the Biden last name. 
cannot name that child uh, Navy Biden. Has to use the mother's last name. This is your return to morals of the presidency, huh? Oh, Jesus. But will people still vote for him? Uh, yes. And I'm going to be insufferable to those people. They're going to hate me. They're going. It's going to like ruin friendships because I'm going to be such a dick about this. So let's throw a couple uh, 2024 things before we get out of here. So again, I still think some way along the way along the line here, Gavin Newsom ends up the nominee. Now, I don't know what that looks like in real practice. If it's a you know. Are they going to kill Kamala? Convention at the, like, if there's a convention and Newsom just, uh, you know, gets the votes at the convention, they can, they can do whatever they want at the convention. The superdelegates can literally control whatever they want to do. But listen, I'm not wishing this, and I hope nothing bad. I dislike Kamala Harris, but I don't want her to die. But you got to acknowledge that's like the easiest solution. If she happens to befall some accident, she's martyred. Sure. Uh, I, I literally don't think they, I don't think they care. (gasps) I I, I think that she will just be a sacrifice. Like, I don't think they care about her at all. All I think she was purposely put on the Biden ticket because they knew they had an empty suit in the, the president role that the chief of staff and all the lackeys didn't want anybody with any kind of awareness being in number two. So they put an adult like Kamala Harris, who's just terrible and doesn't know her ass from a hole in the wall and literal hey no political chops whatsoever she has no political followers she's nothing she is a complete sacrifice whoa say what you will about kamala harris she earned her way to the top do you realize how ugly and old the dude she had to sleep with to get to the top of california politics were i mean you made it seem like there's only one Uh, dudes sorry i meant full kjp on that one and, and intermixed the plural versus singular usage but do you like if you look at some of these dudes that she and that's just again the ones we know about you know there is more that we're not. And so, you know what? She earned her spot and she made it all the way to the VP. And I don't think it's right that they're going to sacrifice her. Well, they're going to. <laughs> Let, let's talk about <coughs> Let's talk about a little happening that happened uh, down in Philadelphia uh, this weekend. Moms for Liberty, mm-hmm. a group that I'm uh, a little bit familiar with here. Uh, there is a uh, local chapter that uh, sure. I'm familiar with. Uh, they had a their second annual Moms for Liberty Summit, and they had it in Philadelphia. It drew not only Nikki Haley, not only Vivek Ramaswamy, yeah, not only Ron DeSantis, but Donald Trump as well. Wow. CNN politics headline, how Moms for Liberty grew into a 2024 Republican power player. So I'm not going to read this article because it's CNN politics. I don't know what theirs, but I just kind of wanted. I've seen this some variation of this uh, headline out there a bunch of places. Obviously, dovetailing with their uh, summit this weekend, there was protests who got arrested and whatever. You know, some counter people who hate moms apparently were down there uh, protesting. But um, it's so 2024 is in full swing, is what I kind of wrote today and. Like, this kind of shows that the main players are already out there posturing and positioning themselves for uh, support. Um, I did have uh, at least one friend who was down there this weekend said it was a really good experience. Got to meet both DeSantis and Trump. So, um, I think education slash parenting slash kids, all whatever whatever umbrella you want to put all that under will be part of the 2024 election cycle um, as it will be part of the 2023 election cycle here locally. I think, I think on a national level though, it will be more. And I 
think that the Moms for Liberty, I don't know that they'll ever actually endorse anybody because they're probably not politically expedient to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think this is how politics should operate. Whether or not you agree or disagree with Moms for Liberty, having these local community groups that then create leverage and allow the politicians to come to them for that, you know, for their support is a better way of going about all things politics, right? Because I feel like it gives a little bit of roots to the local communities um, through these local chapters here. So I don't know, do you have any hot takes on the Moms for Liberty thing? Not that I don't you know, I don't know what happened actually, actually at the, the function there, but uh, seems as though their influence is, uh, is a growing one. Yeah, I think it's becoming another part that you really want to have on your side if you're going to be the nominee for the Republican Party. But, I, I mean, listen, I think it's a great organization. I think they're doing really good stuff. Did you I know that they were labeled a anti-government extremist group by the Southern Poverty Law Center? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? I love the Southern Poverty Law Center. It used to be such this esteemed organization, and they have turned into such a joke. I, I was put on that exact same list in 2009 when I was a member of the Campaign for Liberty. Wow. Which is a Ron Paul offshoot from, like, after his uh, first campaign. Love your but head. they put every, every member, like, just like Miles for Liberty, they put all the Campaign for Liberty people on their hate list or whatever it was. So I'm, so you're telling me I'm basically, Emoji. like, hanging out with a Nazi. Yeah, for, for, pretty much. I mean, obviously. Wow, that's sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Southern Poverty Law Center, I've never seen any. That's uh, not true, but it's just grow. It's joining a growing list of entities that have, like, cannot torch all of their credibility fast enough. Yeah. If they ever had any. They did. There was a time when it actually made sense and they were important. And then they jumped the shark. Kind of like the ACLU. Kind of like the ACLU and kind of like every other entity. COVID broke people. Yeah. like the. I mean, the Southern Poverty Law Center was broken long before COVID. That's true. They were. But, yeah, it's it's comical to watch this now. And yeah. So one more 2024 thing. Oh, two more things. First, this okay. one is uh, thrown in here. Did you see jacked RFK, all of his shirtless photos? Did that flood your news feed like it did mine? I was, like, why am I, see- I was like, why am I seeing naked Robert F. Kennedy Jr. everywhere I look all of a sudden? I hope this doing push ups. I don't, I don't want to see naked Donald Trump or naked Joe Biden. Do you care if he's on the juice or not? No. Yeah, I mean, People are like, he's jacked, he's juicing. I'm like, who cares? Here's the reality. Is, uh, I, like, I if, I, if I was 70 years old and they said, hey, take some testosterone and some HGH, right. I mean, like, shoot me up. Who cares? Yeah, I don't care. I mean, listen, here's what most, I don't know if most people know this or not. John F. Kennedy had a back injury that resulted in him having to get regular pain injections and regular testosterone injections all the time. And uh, it was painful, but it's what was reality. And so it, the testosterone shots and the other shots are what allowed him to run as he did and do what he did uh so if rf and i love the people like well if rfk is taking testosterone from pharmaceutical companies and then bashing them at the same time what a hypocrite like no it's the idea that he just wants more testing and, and i'm not even saying that he's doing any of that stuff that was just people were throwing that I out just there don't care. Like, I, don't, I don't care at all either right it's like well oh you'll take this but not that like yes the same way I would with any other company that offers a product. I have a Chevy Silverado. I won't buy a Chevy Volt. That doesn't make me a hypocrite. It means this makes sense for my life and this doesn't. All right. I I have a refrigerator from Samsung, but my dishwasher is a GE. Racist. I, obviously. <laughs> like, the idea that we have to accept every product from these companies and like, oh, you know what? I, I take cetirazine sometimes because I have, like, chronic hives every now and then and it makes it go away i do i, I don't take opioids 
I don't think that's a glaring inconsistency in my life. I think that is a, I take some stuff, I don't take others. I, I kind of look into it and say, oh, okay, sometimes I need this, not that. Are you saying you, have, that you're saying you have a leveled response? I, it's weird, I know. <laughs> but it's like same with like any other company that offers me something. I don't always take it just because they say so. I, I tend to at least look into it a little bit and go, no, I don't need that. I stopped taking flu shots long ago because it, once it was explained out of like, well, we don't know. It's you, we, we go and we go together. Best case scenario, you got about a one in three chance of like. Speaking of that, did, what? <clears throat> so did you? I mean, I've listened to so much RFK pod talk, yeah. podcast talk over the last like month, like probably like 10 plus hours. Did you happen to listen to the Bill Maher podcast? Parts of it. I only caught highlights. Yeah, it was, it was like three hours. So I'm not expecting anybody to sit there and watch the whole thing like I did. But a um, couple things from that I wanted to kind of talk about. First of all, did you see the part where he just named the killer of his dad? No. Yeah, get to the uh, end. That's the that's the very it's the very last thing. Basically, he he <clears throat> he lays out the story how he always just thought it was Saran Saran and didn't think anything of it. And then some lawyer that he was friends with kept was working on behalf of Saran Saran to kind of get him out of jail because he basically had evidence or proof that he didn't couldn't have committed this thing. And then RFK lays out the plot and then just names the guy who was like, Yeah, it was so and so who was a security detail for RFK that day who shot him. He just basically outed him, literally named him right in the middle of the podcast. Wow. I was like, well, we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> but anyway, other thing I want to talk about, there are a couple things, I guess, in that, in that interview. So Mahar basically kind of gave him uh, kudos for kind of talking through COVID the way he was, you know, basically unrepentant about his anti-COVID positions right in the heat, right? Which I, you know, commend him for as well, I guess. Um, but Mahar was getting, or Mahar was getting a little bit of uh, uh, pushback from that. And then there was one other thing that I want to talk about that interview. Damn it! And you brought it up. Whatever we were just talking about before, I Picking went into and choosing which you would take and which you wouldn't take. The pharmaceutical industries taking testosterone and yeah. HGH. No, none of that was it. I don't know. Probably not that important. If I All can't right. forget, right. I can't remember it. Then. But anyway, I would encourage anybody to go listen to that podcast. It was pretty informative. Anyway, well, he so. did lay out. He said, well, what is your stance? He goes, I'm not an anti-vaccine guy. I am a, I want safe and effective and we I need better was. testing. So in that, oh no, this wasn't that interview. This was an interview, a three hour interview that he did with Brett Weinstein that Weinstein never put on YouTube because he assumed it was going to get banned, but he just put it back up like a week ago, but it's from late 2021. And this is why I was bringing up the flu shot. So RFK is uh, two years ago was, or two, two or three years ago was skimming through some uh, vaccine adverse events and found his voice injury as an adverse event listed on the flu vaccine. And then, so he went back to 1996 when he noticed that he had this thing. And that's when he was getting the flu vaccine on the regular. He worked at Pace Hospital apparently and would, right outside their vaccine office and would see the sign and would go get the vaccine. So he has no way, there's no way to prove that or whatever, right. but in hindsight, it could, he could that literally the, the voice thing could be a vax injury. It's hilarious. Yeah. Well, I mean, not hilarious, but yeah. I, ironic. Yeah, maybe I, that might be a better word. So did you see this video? Lindsey Graham, no. <laughs> lady boy, Lindsey Graham, your boy. I, I can't stand this dude. So let's how this, how dumb Trump is right now. This is a Trump rally. He's carting out, pushing out Lindsey F. and Graham to a South Carolina, uh, you know, he's in South Carolina. Uh, senator Graham is South Carolina senator. Also, neocon loser boy. So he Trying gets introduced. to start World War Three. Yeah. And, uh, and literally when he wakes up, he decides, how can I start World War Three today? Yeah. And so, again, 
idiot Trump rolling out the wrong people at the wrong time for the wrong things rolls out Lindsey F and Graham at a at a at a fundraiser here. Listen to the crowd. This is going to be good for you, Mr. Husong. You'll enjoy this. for a second so i'm not gonna play the whole thing it goes on for six minutes until he leaves the stage this this is a six minute 11 second clip where he's on there and they don't stop booing the whole time so he's booed from the time he's introduced to the time he's exits the stage and when he exits the stage maybe i can even pull this up and i can uh let you guys hear the end because it's you know now this i would inject into my veins Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. So, again, all I can say is, what is Trump thinking about bringing this clown, like, who nobody likes? Nobody likes him. I don't know how he keeps getting elected. I mean. Somebody must like him. Somebody must. But um, between this Lindsey Graham fiasco partnership with Trump and DeSantis lying in bed with the bushes, like, what are we doing here? Like, they're literally just reverting back to the old guard and be like, yeah, we're, we're new this time. We're different. We're, yeah. uh, it's, like, the, the, the whole thing is lost. This whole thing is lost. Let's you know, take out a pig. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's terrible. And, like, it represents nobody. Like, there's, this is a broken system that's, I don't see how, a, out, other than, Somebody, and I don't know how that can happen, winning outside of the two-party system, we're, we're in a death spiral. So um, yep. maybe RFK can uh, run third party. Maybe Donald Trump can run third party and split all the votes. Like, I don't know how it all worked, you know, what could actually happen to where we could actually get. Because there's there needs to be a uh, uh, a candidate that basically, you know, that, you know, I'd say like RFK, who basically he's trying to regain the, the, the Democrat Party or like Trump of old or like Bernie Sanders of old or Ron Paul of old, where they're running within their party. But catering to the voters, not the establishment. And it seems like right now, you know, Tr- Trump seems to have the ability to, you know, play the, the crowd. But what is he doing here? Like this, this is like this is John Bolton level dumb. 
He continues to suffer from the idea that if anybody feeds his ego, he'll he'll go out with that person. Yeah, and I don't have the Trump part of the speech here, but Trump comes out make, makes a joke about Lindsey Graham, and they all cheer like, yeah, he's an idiot. Like, why would you bring him out there? I don't know. Like, this seems like a terrible, terrible, you know, a continuation of these terrible, uh, quote-unquote, hires or associations that he has that are just mind-bogglingly dumb. So I don't I don't know what to make of this dude, like, you know, he gets Cuomo praising him on his COVID policy, and then he rolls out Ladyboy Graham to to woo over the, the rural South Carolina crowd, and they boo him mercilessly. So. Six minutes of booing is yeah. a long time. Yeah, you can, you can find that uh, multiple angles of that booing video. This was my favorite one because you got to see a crowd there. But going to be a crazy 2024, Mr. Husong. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a Wait till a they long... announce the uh, Trump-Kennedy ticket for the third party. That won't happen. I'm aware, but how amazing would that be? I mean, it would be disruptive, for sure. It would be the best way to break the system. Yeah. All right. All right, Mr. Husson, we covered a lot for this Independence Day uh, Eve show. Can I call it that? Yeah. I like to do Independence Day versus Fourth of July. Yeah. Since the independence, you know, it's kind of like the main part of the day. It's definitely more important than the fact that it happened on the 4th. Yeah. It's like Boxing Day. Who cares? Yeah, I get it. All right. Anything you'd like to leave the folks with before we uh, leave them all for a week till next Monday? No. Touch grass. Get around your neighbors. Have a good time this week. Yeah. Touch grass. Don't blow off your fingers. Um, enjoy the uh, holiday, and uh, we'll see you all again next Monday.